Hey everybody, I'm Mike McDonald. My buddy Jesse Stratton loves some of the cheesiest movies ever made. He spent years telling me about them all, so now I'm finally watching these movies for the very first time. This is our podcast where we break those movies down together. This is the Celluloid Dumpster Fire. Hey everybody, welcome back. Today we are talking about the award-winning 2000 Canadian supernatural horror film Ginger Snaps about teenage girls and werewolves. This is like the greatest werewolf made werewolf movie made since uh, American Werewolf in London. Yeah, and it it was actually inspired by that movie, so it makes sense. But it's it's what like guys felt when like you know I'm gonna say guys. Uh, young males, you know, younger adults, males, saw American Werewolf in London, like, wow, that's fucking, that's like kind of how I feel, you know, sometimes, shit, like my mind's, yeah. and uh, hormones, like all out of whack, and just like, you know, I just want to go out and like in the woods and like revert and shit, you know? Yep. This is the same thing from a woman's perspective, and I, my hat has to go off to whoever's yeah, idea it was. It's done really, really well. The movie... Premiered at the Munich Fantasy Film Fest in 2000, followed by a screening at the 2000 Toronto International Film Festival. And based on its success there, it got a very limited theatrical release. It was made on a budget of four and a half million dollars, and you can tell they spent their money wisely. Oh, yeah. And that very limited release made $572,000 for them. And... Uh, it has acquired a massive cult following uh, for super, yeah, super cool. which is which is um, kind of surprising to learn that this movie almost didn't get made a number of times. Yeah. Uh, first of all, it was hard to get a writer. The director, John Fawcett, wanted he wanted Karen Walton to write it and she didn't want any part of it. Because of the way women were portrayed in horror films. You know, they were always hyperventilating. They always needed to be rescued. And, yeah. and she just didn't want any part of that. And then funding was an issue. Funding was coming from Trimark Films, Motion International, and a branch of the Canadian government, Telefilm Canada, which is a, a government-run corporation designed to fund Canadian filmmaking. But they missed the filing deadline for Telefilm Canada. And that was that was going to be like 40% of their budget for this movie. So, wow. yeah, I mean, they didn't want to go off with just 60% of the budget. So they decided to wait for the next year and file again. And Trimark Films said, well, if you're going to do that, then we're out. But then Trimark merged with Lionsgate, and Lionsgate looked at it and said, yeah, we're totally in. Yeah. There's a reason Trimark was like a downward spiral at that yeah. time, too. They did a bunch of fucking shady shit and ended up, yeah, Lionsgate said this fucking movie. And thanks, God. Yeah, exactly. So now they've got a writer and money, but Canadian casting directors will not touch a film about murderous teenagers in the wake of the Columbine school shooting and another school shooting in Alberta, Canada. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but they finally got it cast, 
and uh, and got it filmed. It's a long movie too. Yeah. And it feels like a long movie, but it doesn't feel like a job to watch it. It is not rated. It runs an hour and 48 minutes long. And it is unlike any movie we have ever discussed on this podcast. It is certified fresh with a 90% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Yes. No, I mean, like, we've never talked like about it, like a something that's gotten... Never. Fresh. Oh. Never. Wow, Jesse, you really know how to pick them. <laughs> it was nominated um, for 17 awards. It won Best Canadian Film at the Toronto International Film Festival. At the Malaga International Week of Fantastic Cinema, it took Best Feature Film, Best Special Effects, and Best Actress. At the Canadian Comedy Awards, it won Best Writing for a Film with Pretty Funny Writing. <laughs> That's pretty funny, man. Yeah, it is. At the International Horror Guild Awards, it won Best Film. It won a Saturn Award for Best DVD Release. And at the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards, it won Best Limited Release and Best Screenplay. Fucking A. It is a winner. There were two more movies in this series, Ginger Snaps 2 Unleashed, which is better than this movie, in my opinion. I just watched it yesterday. Oh, yeah. And Ginger Snaps Back, the beginning. That last one is a prequel set in 1815. And... According to the reviews, it's better than the second one. It is. I like all of them. The third one is actually a comic book in the second one. Uh, really? Uh, yeah. The the chick that's in the second one. Yeah. Spoilers. There's a chick in the movie. Uh, she's obsessed with comic books. And one of the comic books is telling the, the exact story. Right. Of the third movie. Okay. And the third movie's fucking badass period piece. And it, it's very similar to like a Netflix show that came out not too long ago, but I think it's better than the Netflix show. Uh, it had Jason Momoa in it. But what's interesting is this movie, this, this prequel that is set like 210 years before the first movie has the same actresses playing characters with the same names in it. Yeah. Okay. It's, 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 come on, man. <laughs> it's werewolves. It's werewolves. It's hard to get a good werewolf movie, too. Yeah, it really is. Just look at Teen Wolf 2. <laughs> <laughs> I still got that on DVD. I believe you. Movie was conceived and directed by John Fawcett. He's mostly known for directing Canadian TV series, including The Border and Orphan Black. He also directed episodes of La Femme Nikita and Xena Warrior Princess. And as we mentioned, it was written by Karen Walton. She, uh, again, a TV writer. She wrote episodes of Orphan Black, Flashpoint, and the Showtime series Queer as Folk. Orphan Black. Uh, I mean, all right, so like the guy... And the chick they wrote and stuff. And the girl that plays the little girl in the second movie, she goes on to be the star of Orphan Black. Oh, really? She's, yeah, she's recently like just blown up everywhere. She played She-Hulk and stuff. So she's okay. doing pretty good. And she's married. I think she's married to like uh, John Fawcett. Okay. The, the director and writer. The of little psycho blonde girl in the second one? Yeah. Oh, geez. Okay. That's the, the lead actress in Orphan Black. 
Okay. It's weird. Like she broke out and that when I remember seeing uh Ginger Snaps who uh come out when it like, you know, first came out in theaters and shit. Or not theaters, right. but video stores. And I remember, yeah, she's like really fucked up in that movie. Yeah, yeah, she is. Uh Tatia Maslina. Okay. I'm I'm yeah, she, I'm I'm butchering the whole name, but yeah. Born in uh eighty five in uh Saskatoon, uh, Canada and shit. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, no, it's great. Cinematography by Tom Best. He's known as a cinematographer on Queer as Folk and Burden of Truth and a whole bunch of Canadian TV. And man, is he good at what he does. Oh, yeah. Like he's got that style of like, it looks like every 90s like TV show, you know? Right. Uh, that's, that's, but like, you know, like, uh, like, uh, uh, Beverly Hills 90210. You remember that spinoff? Melrose Place? Melrose Place. It looks straight up like Melrose Place. Okay. Like the yeah. And stuff. Yeah. Special effects supervisor Brock Jolliffe. Uh, he's known for pretty hard cases. La Femme Nikita, Goosebumps, Kung Fu, The Legend Continues. Some of the practical effects in this are kind of cheesy. The creature effects are freaking awesome. They're cheesy in a good way. They're cheesy like in like a haunted house type way. You're like, oh, okay, I see what you did there. Yeah. You know, they're kind of cheesy. But the, the creature effects are some of the best I've seen. Movie stars Emily Perkins as Bridget. She's been in Juno, She's the Man, Supernatural, and Dead Like Me. Is Dead Like Me the one where the girl died and became one of the Grim Reapers? Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's that show, and I think there's another show that has a similar title, that, but I'm, I'm not sure which one she was in. But and I Catherine... Love that Go one ahead. with uh, uh, Mandy Packton and stuff, where they're like, yeah, yeah Grim Reapers. Yeah, that's a great show. Yeah. And Catherine Isabel is Ginger. She's been in the X-Files, Ghosts, the American series, Ghosts, See No Evil 2, Rampage, Heartland, Stargate SG-1, Freddy vs. Jason, Insomnia, Goosebumps, and MacGyver. Yeah, I think this is the reason. And she's, she's actually like the younger of the two. Reason. Yeah. But she was like, a, because of this movie and, and uh, Freddy vs. Jason, she was like a early 2000s scream queen. She was like one of the new yeah. scream queens. Right. And so like, yeah, she she really carried this fucking movie. And, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't like carry the movie. But like, I mean, it's, she's the title character. It's all about her right. and shit. You know? Yeah. And so they, they picked perfect casting for it. They really did. Um, and what's weird about these two, they went to the uh, same preschool. They went to the same high school together. They auditioned on the same day because they worked for the same agency. And then when the writer, Karen Walton, saw their auditions, she said, those two are exactly the way I wrote those characters. And they've got really fantastic chemistry, too. Movie opens up with a shot of a suburban cul-de-sac farm. The sign says this is the community of Bailey Downs with lots starting at $175,000. In this neighborhood with tall privacy fences and absolutely zero trees, a woman is raking leaves in her backyard while her young son plays in his sandbox. It's creepy. There is not a tree in sight when they shoot this neighborhood. Nowhere is there a tree. But this woman's got a backyard full of leaves. Yeah, it's like um, it's like that neighborhood in Poltergeist. It's just, 
this neighborhood does not belong here. It's just right. Weird. You know, it's like, who put this neighborhood here? And uh, this is a Canadian movie. Unlike American cul-de-sac neighborhoods where every house looks exactly like every other house, uh, in this one, every house is completely different. Yeah, they just got the same fence, but every the same roof. Yeah, the same roof. But they're different shapes, they're different colors all through the neighborhood. Now, the boy notices something on his hand and touches his face and ends up smearing blood on his face. His mother heads over to see what he's up to, and she's horrified to discover a severed dog's foot. She picks the boy up and starts looking for her dog, which she discovers has been viciously killed and disemboweled in front of his doghouse. Oh, man, that shot's weird. Where, like, they take the camera and they go along, and it goes into the doghouse as it's showing you, like, the carved-up dog. Yeah. It's a gruesome shot, and like I said, you know, the creature effects in here are, are wonderful. The, the, the severed dog's paw looks plastic. It looks like something from Party City. <laughs> but this mutilated uh, dog, and it's a big dog, too. Uh, it looks fantastic. Now we get opening credits. As the woman wails in anguish, a garage door opens, revealing a brooding teenage girl. Loaded down with an extension cord, a propane torch, a gas can, and an electric chainsaw. (laughs) This is Bridget. As the woman runs out into her front yard, carrying her child, screaming, It got our dog. It killed our dog. Before she collapses, sobbing on the lawn. And nobody in the neighborhood seems to care. They, like, look up from what they're doing and immediately go back to what they were doing. Apparently, dogs die in this neighborhood. It's just life. Bridget heads into the basement bedroom that she shares with her sister, Ginger. Ginger is watching a black and white TV and preparing to cut her wrist with a kitchen knife. Bridget tells Ginger that Baxter, the neighbor's dog, is dead. Apparently, something has been killing dogs in the neighborhood. Never mind that, though. Ginger's decided that she isn't going to cut her wrist. Instead, she's going to cut her own throat. She thinks that... Bridget should hang herself, too, because they have a suicide pact. Either they will move out of the suburbs by the time they're 16, or they will commit suicide together. These kids are fucked up. Yeah, no. Uh, Like, uh, I don't know, they're like teenagers, but at the same time, they're like evil spinster ladies at the same time. But it's like, you you haven't even loved yet. You're like, you know, I don't know. It's fucking weird. Yeah, they get the whole Adams family. They're gothy as fuck. Yeah, they're fucked up kids. They're obsessed with Death yeah. Or, yeah. Probably listen to Bauhaus. Eh, maybe. <laughs> we had no Canadian and shit. So, yeah, no. If it was America, it'd probably be like Marilyn Manson or something stupid there you like that. Yeah. 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 Bauhaus would be dope. Uh, Joy Division, most definitely. <laughs> Cut to Ginger impaled on a picket fence. Bridget is there. Bridget says there's too much blood and she can see Ginger's underwear. Uh, which she calls her gaunch. (laughs) Ginger isn't dead, though. They have staged this scene so that Bridget can photograph it. Then the opening credits resume as a slideshow displays various scenes of Bridget and Ginger dead. This was kind of interesting. Yeah, I liked it. It's like they're doing a a photo shoot for a calendar of different deaths or something. 
and it's basically just a really inventive way to do the the credits for your movie right which i love i've I've noticed it especially like from like the 90s and early 2000s like canadians got really inventive with their title work yeah yeah this was this was around the time when uh credits were music and a flyover shot yeah but yeah they got some good some really good shots here some of these are look fantastic. The one with Ginger run over by the family car looks good. The one with Bridget stuffed in the freezer with stuff drawn all over her face was good. That, yeah, that was funny. Uh, the the where she's like in a nightgown and like she's in the tub. That was pretty cool. Yeah, Ginger cut in half when the garage door closed on her. That one was good. That was funny. Probably one of my favorite ones was Bridget stabbed through the neck with a garden fork. <laughs> and of course, you know, there's clips of them giggling as they're doing these photo shoots, too. Yeah. Bridget tied up in a plastic sheet and stuffed in the trunk of a car. That was classic. <laughs> and one of Ginger run over by the lawnmower with her guts scattered all over the yard. Oh, that's got to be July. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the death of the week calendar. <laughs> Um, they've got some kind of playhouse out in the back and they're having a tea party drinking drain cleaner and bleach that one's fun it's like yeah they're like they're all the makeup's like really good but then when they do the the poison tea party it's like the makeup gets a little too real yeah yeah it it (laughs) got pretty real yeah yeah and that slideshow was for a class project, it turns out. The students love it, but the teacher is horrified because the assignment was a photographic account of life in Bailey Downs. Yeah. Later that day, Ginger and Bridget are playing field hockey. Ginger and Bridget are not so sneakily smoking a cigarette. And some guys are in the bleachers being perverts. The popular girls are being assholes, of course, and Ginger and Bridget are making up an obituary for Trina Sinclair <laughs> about how she'll die in the in the hair dial hair dye aisle. So they start playing, and Trina checks Bridget pretty hard, and she falls face first into the corpse of a mutilated dog that nobody seemed to notice was there. Yeah, I, was, I had a big problem with that when I used to like. Yeah. I used to rent this movie a lot. Yeah, that was like some bullshit. Or maybe it was there and they did. They were just playing around it the whole time. Either way, this is the fourth victim of the Beast of Bailey Downs this week. And Ginger confronts Trina, but the coach intervenes. In the locker room, a janitor is assisting Bridget when Ginger enters and says the janitor was looking right down the front of her shirt. Then she offers to kill Trina if that's what Bridget wants. Ginger's kind of a psychopath. A little bit. A little bit. Back outside, Bridget and Ginger decide to kidnap and kill Trina's dog. Trina is flirting hard with the local dope dealer, who completely ignores her. Jason McCarty, who is played by Jesse Moss. He was in Final Destination 3, The Uninvited, and Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Yeah, a lot of people are like that, like her... her been in a bunch yeah. of horror movies yeah go to the go to the people who do this for a living <laughs> yeah no. but like you know like everybody in this movie is like they've either been like on goosebumps or were like in a bunch of like 2000s horror movies so right yeah jason walks up to bridget and asks her out and she turns him down with a disgusted look 
Uh, they're fantastic at playing the teenage girls. And not far from it, I guess. You know, Catherine Isabel was 18. Uh, Ginger was 18 when they filmed this. Emily Perkins, who played Bridget, was 22. Well, as they walk home, a chubby kid in street hockey gear is playing with his little dog named Norman. I love this kid. <laughs> yeah, no, the kid's good. <laughs> he stands out. He's he's holding his hockey stick up and letting last coaxing Norman to jump up to it. And Norman's trying, but Norman's like four inches tall. <laughs> <laughs> and this hockey stick's like three feet off the ground, but he's trying it by God. Norman's a little badass. Um, as they arrive home, their mother has just returned from the craft store with a load of dried flowers for some reason. Also, the kid has successfully taunted Norman into biting the hockey stick, and he's just hanging from the hockey stick now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> it's twisting and shit. That's great. At dinner, Ginger's mother is wondering about Ginger's sore back. She starts to ask other questions and thinks that Ginger is getting her first period three years late. As the girls leave their table, leave the table, their mother tells them that she and her father are going out to counseling tonight and they shouldn't leave the house. Their dad goes, they never go out anywhere. And we immediately learn why they're in counseling because she looks at him and says, you're never any help. <laughs> Bridget and Ginger definitely went out anyway. It seems that they're going to execute their plan to kidnap Trina's dog. Ginger has a bag of fake blood and guts from one of their photo shoots. And as they cut through a part, they come upon the corpse of another mutilated dog. Damn. Yeah. Just laying there in the middle of the playground. Well, they decide to use this in their kidnapping plot. And when Ginger tries to pick it up, the leg just comes off in her hands. So Ugh. it's apparently pretty ripe. She says Ginger got some blood on her, but that's not from the corpse. Ginger just started her period. Dun, dun, and they hear dun, something. Uh, yeah, it's going to be bad from here on. They hear something and see one of the playground toys is moving. They turn to leave and a growling something just grabs Ginger and disappears into the woods with her. Just snatches her. Bridget follows Ginger's screams into the woods, doing the horror girl hyperventilating, gaspy breathing. That's the only thing I hate about horror films. Why does everybody have to hyperventilate? I don't know. I like, I like the ones where, like, uh, I don't know. They're trauma horror movies? Uh-huh. Like, it's not really, like, hyperventilating. Everybody just screams and pop their lungs, and then they right. explode. Yeah. But there's always the 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 girl running away horror movie, and, and she... She has to breathe in a way that you can hear every single breath in and out. And it's got to be <laughs> kind of thing or else you won't know she's afraid. Yeah, no, I, I, that's why I hate uh, the Blair Witch. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I hated that fucking movie. I don't know why yeah. everybody liked it. That was like really weird because it's like a shaky camera. Right. Dark, so you can't even see what the hell. And it's so like that's all you do is get just that breathing. And it's like, oh, God. Yeah. Just hurry up and kill that poor girl, you know? <laughs> I'm tired of hearing her breathe. Well, Ginger runs screaming toward Bridget and is dragged away again by what appears to be a big freaking animal that just chomps her. And it just bites her right in the midsection and starts flailing her around. Bridget beats on the beast with her camera, which actually causes the camera to take a few pictures. <laughs> and the girls manage to run away as they run across the street. 
Sam the Dope Man hits the monster that's chasing him with his van, splattering it all over the road. The thing just explodes all over the road. It went from this living, chasing monster to a pile of sludge and bone. The girls get home, but their parents are gone. Bridget is covered with blood. So is Ginger. They're trying to figure out what the beast was. Uh, maybe it was a bear that was enraged by the scent of, of Ginger menstruating. And what's really weird is the deep cuts on Ginger's shoulder are already closing, and Bridget starts to freak out. She wants to call 911, but Ginger stops her. She doesn't want her parents to find out what happened. Later, after they have cleaned up and calmed down, Bridget removes a Polaroid from her camera, revealing a shot of the beast's fangs and yellow eye. Back in school, they're watching a film about microscopic parasites while Ginger bangs her head on the desk. Uh, later, Bridget and Ginger are at the store buying tampons. Uh, Bridget found one that comes with a free calendar. Yay. That's a really, yeah. That's a really funny scene, man. <laughs> Ginger is cramping badly. And the boy who asked Ginger out earlier, Jason, just happens to be the cashier. <laughs> and he's got three sisters. And, you know, it really takes the edge off is a little tote. Cut to Bridget standing outside Sam's van as the back door closes. Ginger and three guys just climbed inside and are toking it up. Bridget is examining the damage at the front of the van when Sam startles her. She says she doesn't want to buy drugs. She was just wondering what he hit. He says that it looked to him like a lycanthrope. And because of Dungeons and Dragons, we all know that's a werewolf. Oh, yeah, no, right out the gate, like, they ain't even lying about it. It's like, yeah, no, I hit a werewolf. Yep. Uh, Bridget oh, yeah. also thinks it was a werewolf. They don't say werewolf. They do say, like, like anthropy and, like, and shit. Yeah. And that kind of right. is, like, a cheap way of getting around. That's like calling them a zombie without calling them a zombie, you know? Yes. And I hate that. It's like, just, just say what it is. Like, that's but, what I love about, uh, uh, what's that one... Were they killing vampires at that Mexican strip club? Oh, uh, from Dusk Till Dawn. Yeah, Dusk Till Dawn is like, the, hey, let's just get this out of the way. We're, you know, fucking with vampires, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I love that. Like, yeah, so like, okay, so we're dealing That's with... That's what I loved about on, John Carpenter's vampires, too, is, is we're not going to pretend it's something we don't understand. Thing drinks blood. They've been around thousands of years. Vampires, let's kill them. Yep. Yeah. And but so, yeah, no. Nah, they do it in this, you know. Oh, no, it's a lycanthrope. Yeah, it's the same reason. Same thing as saying uh, reanimated corpse instead of zombie. Yeah. But we, we say lycanthrope instead of werewolf, but everybody knows it means werewolf. That's when Sam hears the people in the back of his van and runs them off. Trina shows up to flirt with Sam and insult Ginger, and her dog starts barking at Ginger, so Ginger just kicks it in the face. <laughs> It's fucking brutal, too. Yeah. Like, what the Big fuck old Rottweiler. Yeah, no. Big old Rottweiler, and she just kicks it in the face and turns him into a little scared puppy. Damn, bitch. In the restroom, Ginger is in a stall, and Bridget is asking her what's really wrong. When Ginger doesn't answer, Bridget barges into the stall to see the hair that's growing out of the scars on Ginger's shoulder and across her chest. Ew. She is a teenage girl. She cannot have a hairy chest. <laughs> uh, 
And it's not little wispy hair. I mean, it's like Burt Reynolds hair. Yeah, it's like uh, grandpa ear hair. <laughs> grandpa ear hair, exactly. Like Bridget think on his shoulder and stuff. Well, Bridget uh, has kind of done some logicking here, and since Ginger was bitten during a full moon, and she's getting hairy now, obviously she's turning into a werewolf. <laughs> so they it. go to the nurse, who explains how periods work. Uh, well, what about cramps and body hair? Yeah, that's part of it. <laughs> And they get up and start to leave, but not before the nurse offers them both condoms. And it's a very comical nurse. I mean, she's way too smiley for this. The camera angle, it's almost like a fisheye lens on the camera. It makes it extra awkward. I loved it. Yeah, she's, she looks goofy looking like a Muppet from Sesame Street would look. Yeah, she, she's the female version of Ned Niedermeyer from Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> At dinner, Ginger is eating a chicken leg and said, I wish these were baby's legs. Gotta maintain her goth cred. <laughs> <laughs> Their mother made a strawberry shortcake to celebrate Ginger's becoming a woman. And Ginger and her dad have the same reaction. They both wish they were somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Except, like... All Ginger can do is be there and be miserable, but her dad's like just—he just starts slogging back like champagne or whatever it is he's drinking <laughs> with, like wine. He just goes, well, blah blah blah. Yeah, blah, blah. yeah no. <laughs> uh, Ginger thinks that uh, Bridget told their mom, but she totally didn't. Instead, she found blood-soaked underwear while she was doing the laundry. Dun dun dun. Back in the basement, Ginger is angry and super aggressive. And this is the same girl who at the beginning of the show was trying to figure out how to kill herself. And now she's just super duper aggressive. Bridget uh, is convinced that Ginger got bit by a werewolf. But at this point, maybe she's just having a rough time with puberty. And they, they fight like sisters, all right. No, no doubt about that. Bridget is tracking the days on the little calendar that came with the box of tampons and researching <laughs> werewolves in books and movies. Uh, so genius. <laughs> like, I'm just going to use this little thing that everybody knows about and stuff. And it's kind of like a joke or an afterthought. Yeah. This is the tool that I'm going to kill the, the werewolf with. And the I werewolf movie that she, I don't know which werewolf movie she's watching, but the werewolf looked like just a guy on his hands and knees with a super shaggy dog costume on. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if that, I mean, it looks like something like Wolfen or whatever, but yeah. I can't really, I don't really know what that is because some of the guys in it, they look, you know, like something like, uh, the, no, it might have been the something they shot just for this movie. Yeah, it's like something like that. But the, 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 it's definitely like, yeah, like a, a knockoff of the Wolfen type werewolf. Yeah. Also, Ginger is apparently super hairy based on the tufts of fur stuck to her razor and covering the empty can of shaving cream that's in the trash. See, that's, this is like all the cool shit like that is like <laughs> shit that like killed in a trailer. Yeah. But they're just throwaway shots. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not even like, I, I mean, it's just like somebody cut off a piece of fun fur and super glued it to the front of a disposable razor. 
<laughs> like no context, you get the joke. <laughs> it's like it's just great. You don't even need somebody there. You can just have that like on the scene. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, that chick's a werewolf. And the whole time Ginger is pounding on the wall, screaming at Bridget to let her in there so she can get ready. Ginger is even more moody and aggressive than she was earlier. Cut to school where Ginger does her catwalk scene through the crowded hallway. The old slow-mo scene. She has colored streaks in her hair and much more revealing clothes than usual and is loving all the attention that it gets her. And this is really causing Bridget to worry. On the hockey field, Ginger grabs Jason, throws him to the ground, jumps on top of him, and starts making out with him. It's like a Klingon. Yeah. Sam sees Bridget, and he follows her. Uh, he bums a lighter for his cigarette to get her to stop so that he can talk to her. Turns out he's been looking for her for a week. She dropped a picture of what he hit. And he and Bridget both think it's a werewolf. They actually say werewolf this time. Yeah, about time. Now, Bridget blows, blows Sam off. She's, she's not interested in talking to him any further about this. Back at home that night, it's nearly the full moon. Also, Ginger is growing a tail. Oh, God. That it's, tail scene? Yeah. Nightmare-inducing. Yes. It was worse. It was worse than the Jason Alexander tail scene in Shallow Hal. Oh, yeah, no, because the first time I watched this, like, I, I rented it for Movie Gallery, right? That came on. I had stopped the movie. <laughs> I literally stopped the movie. Went and, like, did something else. Like, actually, I had to leave the house. I had to, like, get out, you know? <laughs> and then came back, and I think I played video games and then watched it after that. Uh-huh. Like, it really messed me up. I was like, oh, God. But now, like, after I finished it all the way through and, like, went back and watched it, I was like, oh, my God. It, it, it's really fucking shocking. You're like, because you don't expect that, like, in a werewolf movie. No. No. You expect, like, in American Werewolf in London, where the guy's hand starts growing long and and gets claws. You expect that. But, no, you don't expect... Girl's laying face down. Her sister pulls the back of her underwear down a bit, and she's got a little ta tail wagging like a happy dog. And it, it was it's kind of tame compared to what goes on in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, like it really is. Just a couple is. minutes down the road, we're like, oh, God. that oh, Can we go back to the cute little puppy dog <laughs> thing that made Jesse turn off the movie? Can we go back to that real quick? Yeah. Yeah, because, no, yeah. Oh, man, this movie is so fucked up. It is. Next day, Bridget meets Sam at his greenhouse. Sam apparently works for something like the local parks department. She tells Sam that she's turning into a werewolf. Bridget tells Sam that she's turning into a werewolf. Uh, and Sam wants to help her find a cure. He thinks piercing with pure silver might help. Because, you know, when, when he started piercing things, he would get infected. And somebody told him to use pure silver. And boom, no more infection. I don't think that's the way it works, but we'll go with it anyway. Yeah, no. So he gives Bridget one of his earrings. Bridget then goes looking for Ginger and finds her making out with Jason. And Again. Trina, yeah, Trina Sinclair and all of her popular girlfriends are, are watching and, and making fun of them. Bridget tries to talk to Ginger, but Ginger just blows her off. 
She and Jason get in his car and they leave Bridget standing there. Bridget tries to discourage Jason from having sex with, with Ginger by <clears throat> yelling at him that Ginger is ovulating. Oh, man. Back home, Bridget's mom tries to explain to Bridget what Ginger's going through. Meanwhile, Jason and Ginger are making out in the backseat of Jason's car. Then Ginger takes control and has violent sex with Jason in the backseat. And I think she kind of chomps him, too. (laughs) (laughs) Ginger returns home crying and bloody, and she is vomiting into the toilet. She explains to Bridget that she had this ache that she thought was for sex, but it was to rip things apart. Also, she killed Norman, the little dog next door. So they are going to try Sam's suggestion, and Bridget is going to pierce Ginger's belly button and, and put in that pure silver earring that he gave her. Uh, the pain of the process makes Ginger grow fangs, and then she calms right down. Next day, Hockey Boy finds the corpse of Norman. And that's the last we're going to see of Hockey Boy. He needs his own story. Yeah. At school, Ginger is dressing for field hockey. <laughs> and her tail is really long now, so Bridget is helping her tape it to her leg with electrical tape. Yeah, hey, we all been there, ain't you, guys? Am I right? <laughs> oh, God. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Just standing there with a big long dog tail sticking out the back of her underwear. Oh, it's like it's not even a dog tail. It's like a possum's tail. <laughs> it is like a possum's tail. It's it's creepy as <laughs> shit. It's gross as fuck. And you know what? I don't even want to talk about this movie no more. I'm going home. Uh, Jason shows up bruised and bleeding and says that Ginger Fitzgerald rocked his world. Sam appears and Trina thinks that he's there for her until he calls out to Bridget. He's got another idea to cure lycanthropy and Bridget is mortified that he would come to see her at school. And she runs him off and tells him that she'll find him later. On the field... Trina decides to get a little revenge for that humiliation and shoves Bridget pretty hard, so Ginger just attacks and chomps her. Uh, They end up in the office. Meanwhile, in the restroom, Jason freaks out when he starts peeing blood. (laughs) Bridget figures out that Ginger has infected Jason, and the two of them, Bridget and Ginger, head to Sam's greenhouse together to try to find another cure. And turns out that this is where Sam grows his weed. Hell yeah, right on. Why not? The county greenhouse, where he grows the county green. So he's like the the yards keeper. He goes around and like mows all the school's yards and stuff and like replenishes the flowers, you know. And, and resupplies the, the school's potheads. Yeah, no. Wow. Canada. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Sam explains that Monk's Hood is like Wolfsbane, but a little safer. So they continue the charade that Bridget is really the werewolf. But Ginger has big fangs now. And she's being super aggressive. So Bridget sends her home. At home, Ginger is trying to shave her legs and just apparently carving them up. Because there's, I mean, the bathtub's just filled with bloody water, and she's just trying to drag this razor up her legs. That's when she notices dew claws emerging from her ankle. 
And Ginger's mm-hmm. mom comes in. Ginger pulls the, the shower curtain closed real quick. She thinks that Ginger is having the typical teen body image issues. On her way home from the greenhouse, Bridget is confronted by Trina, who thinks that Ginger kidnapped her dog. In fact, she says she saw Ginger do it. Bridget doesn't know anything about this, which enrages Trina. And as Trina shouts insults at Bridget, Ginger grabs her from behind, puts her in a headlock, and drags her into the house. It's about to get way over the top. Oh, yeah, no turning back. Yep. Well, Bridget and Ginger are kind of arguing over what to do next, and Trina was screaming, so Ginger kind of... Uh, clapped her hand over over Trina's mouth. All of a sudden, Trina starts vomiting, which disgusts Ginger, so she kind of pushes Trina away. Trina stumbles over and, and throws up into the sink, and then she grabs a kitchen knife. She grabs a kitchen knife and orders Ginger to get back, which which Ginger does, but then Trina slips in some milk that was spilled on the floor when she was flailing around in there and they knocked it over, she trips in that, falls backward, smacks her head on the corner of the granite countertop and kills her. Mm. And we just see a shot of Trina laying on the floor and just a pool of blood spreading out from, from her head. And just then, the garage door opens. Her parents just got home. <laughs> God, I hate those. Like, that counter shot. Looked really fucking good. Yes, it did. I mean, I believed she hit her head. But she she's like kind of wearing a bandaid from earlier in the movie where she got her ass beat. So right, but that like kind of like like when they were doing the stunt, that bandaid kind of like. But yeah, she really fucking like. I am. Yeah. Well, their parents have returned with dinner, and they enter the house to find a body in a pool of blood on the floor. That's when Bridget runs in with the camera and snaps the photo. It's not Trina lying dead on the floor. It's Ginger lying on the floor pretending to be dead. She says the blood is corn syrup and offers some to her daddy with a goofy little grin. Oh, God. Want some, daddy? Yeah, that was in the trailer, (laughs) man. Their mother goes to put the meat in the freezer and Bridget panics. She tries really hard to distract her mother. Because in the freezer is where they stored Trina's dead corpse. (laughs) So she does the only thing she can think of. She asks her mom what guys want. And her mother is delighted to hear this question. She knows exactly what to do. Afterward, apparently they'd been talking to their mom in the living room for a while. And when that conversation finally ends, Bridget and Ginger head to the freezer only to find that the body has frozen to the freezer wall. It's completely encapsulated in ice now. She looks like uh, Han Solo from Return of Jedi. Uh, Exactly like that. It's like, ah. Well, Bridget tries to chip the ice away with a screwdriver, but only succeeds in breaking off a couple of her fingers. (laughs) (laughs) But they must have got her free because they are dragging the body out to their little playhouse and burying it inside. Inside the house, their mom has found a book she saved called Why Your Daughter Dates Dummies. (laughs) Out in the playhouse, the girls dig a shallow grave for Trina. Bridget tells Ginger she can't go out anymore. So what they're going to do 
is they're going to make their mom, who they call by the, her first name, they call her Pam. <laughs> they're going to make Pam think she's at school. They're going to think make school think she's homesick. Flawless. What can go wrong? Not nothing. That's 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 a solid plan right there. And that's when the camera pans across the grass to reveal the broken fingers lying forgotten in the yard. Yeah, that's not good. Somebody is stapling up missing posters with Trina's photo on them. She's been gone all night, apparently. And the police are questioning people at the school. Meanwhile, Bridget is forging a sick note from their mother, excusing Ginger from school. Jason grabs Bridget, pulls her into a closet where he aggressively reveals that he's growing a tail and turning into a werewolf. And you know what he did for fun last night? What? He ripped apart his own dog. He's sick fuck. Oh, he is very disturbed by his own behavior. Yeah, he looks disturbed. He's messed up, dude. He is really messed up. That's when the janitor shows up and asks what's going on, which causes Jason to run off. Bridget just looks at the janitor and says thanks and leaves. Back at home, Ginger says she didn't go to school. Well, Pam asks, what, how, how did school go? And Ginger says, I don't know, I didn't go. And Bridget makes up an excuse. They had a field trip. And, of course, they catch this lie immediately because it turns out the guidance counselor from school called the, home, called the house and said that he hopes that Ginger feels better soon. So day one of the lie, caught in the lie. Totally the opposite of Ferris Bueller. Motherfucker. <laughs> well, Bridget explains that they had a fight with Trina, and that's why she didn't go to school. And their mom thinks Ginger is leading Bridget astray. In the bathroom, Bridget wants to show her the monk's hood that she found. Apparently her mother had some, but... That thought is immediately derailed when she walks in to find Ginger with a kitchen knife trying to cut off her tail. Oh, God. See, this is what I was talking about. And Ginger, <laughs> Ginger is horrified because she has been killing other pets and she doesn't want to live like this. So they are going to find Sam to figure out how to use the monk's hood to cure Ginger. They're going to get Ginger cured. And they're going to run away from Bailey Downs because, well, you know, getting bit by a werewolf isn't the cause of their problems. Living in Bailey Downs is. Yeah. Well, you know what? I bet if they didn't live in Bailey Downs, they wouldn't have got bit by that werewolf in the first place. You're probably right. You yeah. are probably right. Next morning, Ginger smashes the alarm clock and she gets up to go to the bathroom. Bridget finds a two by four somewhere and bars the bathroom door, locking Ginger in. And then she takes the monk's hood. And she goes to the greenhouse to find Sam. Sam says that the only way this is going to work is if they inject it. And then we cut back and forth. We get a little montage here. It keeps cutting back and forth between Ginger freaking out in the bathroom and Sam and Bridget making their, their monk's hood injectable. <laughs> also, Ginger now has really long claws. And Sam has figured out for himself that Bridget isn't a werewolf. Ginger's really the werewolf. When Bridget gets back home, Ginger has torn the bathroom door off and escaped. Ginger has gone to the school to find Jason. He, she's bleeding and she has fangs. And uh, she asks some guys where Jason is. They won't tell her. They haven't seen him. 
So she says she's in charge of the prizes at the Greenhouse Bash, and they could be winners, she says, as she flashes them. <laughs> the guidance counselor sees this and immediately calls Ginger to his office. Hey, you can't do that. Bridget is running to the school and hears a kid screaming. It is a trick-or-treater being accosted by Jason. Bridget intervenes and Jason attacks Bridget. So she stabs him in the neck with the monk's hood syringe and he falls unconscious. Uh, then he gets up, seeming to have recovered himself, and runs off. Apparently, this serum works. I think that's some bullshit. They should just yeah. kill that kid. That, like, that was purple guy, Kool-Aid. I mean, before he turned into a werewolf, he was kind of a douchebag. Yeah. And he, he gets a free pass. Like, ah, oh, screw that. Right. Well, Bridget returns to the school to find Ginger. As soon as she walks in, a voice on the PA summons her to the guidance counselor's office. <laughs> so she's standing outside the door. She's getting ready to knock on the door. When the door opens up, a hand reaches out, grabs her by the shirt, and snatches her inside. But It's Ginger. Yeah. She has murdered the guidance counselor. Big time. He's he's laying face down across his de desk with huge gashes across his shoulder and his head. Yeah, there's a tunnel that goes through his head and it goes perfectly through his ear. Yeah. And it lines up. It's fucking wicked looking. It's a pretty awesome makeup. I liked it. Apparently, this blood stained a lot. And so... The only thing that would get it off was borax. And so they, you know, like raw from trying to wash all this stuff off at the end of every day. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> Apparently, Ginger killed the guidance counselor because he was going to call their mother. <laughs> That's his job, right? That's his job. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, Bridget's got a plan. Bridget's got a plan. They're just going to wait for everyone to leave and then they'll clean this up somehow. It is Halloween, and their mother is at the house planting bulbs when their father finds Trina's severed fingers in the yard and starts to freak the fuck out. Dun, dun, dun. Well, Pam goes over there and looks at him, and he says, they're fake. They're from one of their death shoot. Oh, yeah. But, but I don't think she's convinced that's true because she puts him in a Tupperware bowl and puts him in the refrigerator. That evening at the school, everyone is gone and the lights are flickering, which can only tell mean that something horrible is going to happen. The lights haven't been flickering any other point during the school day, but they're flickering now. Bridget is going to get something to clean up the blood in this office, and she tells Ginger to stay in the office. The janitor is still there sweeping up, and Bridget steals his cleaning cart and runs off with it. The janitor opens up the guidance counselor's door, but something pulls it closed again. <laughs> so he tries to open it again, and it pulls closed, and then it just kind of swings open a little bit, and he starts to go in. Then we see Bridget coming around the corner with the cleaning cart, and she stops with a horrified look on her face, and there's the janitor with blood all over him crawling through the hallway. Uh. Uh, Ginger walks out into the hallway behind him, picks him up, and uses him like a puppet, asking if he can see Bridget's boobies. Oh, my God. And then she tosses him around, smashing his head through the glass door of the fire hose, not quite killing him, but close. He's not dead because, well, he's infected now. And Bridget wants to call for help, but Ginger fixes it 
by just shoving her fist through the janitor's chest, killing him. Ginger says that killing people feels like touching herself, and she tells Bridget they're almost not even related anymore, and she wants to make Bridget a werewolf too. But Bridget is not down with that. And Ginger reminds him of their suicide pact. And she says, I was willing to die for you. And Bridget says, no, you were willing to die with me because you didn't have anything better to do. Damn. Yeah. So Ginger is enraged at Bridget's rejection. So she kicks Bridget in the stomach and heads to the greenhouse bash to find Jan- Sam. Meanwhile, their mom is digging in the pot in the little playhouse and she finds Trina's body buried in there. Wow, wow, wow. It's all falling apart. Very formula, but it's a unique take on the formula. So it's still good. I don't like it. Then we see Bridget running after Ginger. She tries to flag down a passing car when a minivan pulls up and it's her mom. Pam asks where Ginger is and Bridget tells her. So they head off to the greenhouse. When Bridget gets in the van, Pam hands her the container with Trina's fingers. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, yeah. Busted. <laughs> oh, shit. Go this ahead. is all going on during Halloween night. Yes. Yeah. It's a full moon on Halloween. Yeah. So uh, we're losing a lot in the atmosphere of this movie. Just seeing it and shit, you know. Right. At the greenhouse bash, Ginger shows up looking a lot more like a werewolf and wanting to know where Sam is. This werewolf makeup is fantastic. Yeah. It's almost like an elf makeup. Yeah, they they do this thing with the eyes and it, yep. they, they do and then the nose looks more canine and stuff. Even like slowly they've been doing it like over the whole movie. So yeah. by the time it gets to this point, you've slowly gotten so it not off, but it, it works. And yeah, no, this is like some of the best werewolf looking makeup. Because like now they just do everything with CGI and shit. So, right. But and, yeah, no. And the director good. absolutely hated CGI, which meant that Catherine Isabel, who played Ginger, at this point in the movie, had to spend seven hours in makeup getting all these prosthetics applied. And at the end of the day, another two hours having them removed. Uh-huh. And so, I mean, she worked for this movie. She worked hard for this movie. Oh, yeah, no. Sam is weighing bags of pot when Ginger enters. She says that Bridget couldn't make it due to cramps. And she starts undressing and reveals that her stomach resembles a dog's, complete with six nipples. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. At the greenhouse, we learned that Pamela is a bit of a psycho, too. To protect the girls, here's what she's going to do. Tomorrow, she's going to turn all the gas on and light a match and blow up the house. And then she and the girls will run off somewhere and start a new life together. It'll be fun. Nice. <laughs> Pam believes that this is all her fault for some reason. <laughs> and so Bridget tells her to lock the doors and then she leaves to find Ginger. Ginger is trying really, really, really hard to seduce Sam. Really hard. Really hard. Uh, And Sam is resisting her, uh, but not for too long. In the greenhouse, Bridget gets to Sam's lab, just as Sam tells Ginger to get off off of him and shoves her away. 
When Sam tries to apologize, Ginger attacks, breaking his arm. Bridget wants Ginger to take her and leave Sam. But no, no, you had your chance and you told me no. So Bridget cuts her hand. Then she grabs Ginger's hand and she cuts it and she mixes their blood, infecting herself. And then the girls leave together. She actually says that, that Bridget, Bridget actually says that Ginger and she and Ginger are the same person now. Outside, Pamela is impatient and she heads in to find the girls. As she's coming in, Bridget sees Pam and leads Ginger out the back exit away from her. Ginger is turning into a werewolf even faster now. That's when Sam shows up and brains her with a shovel. <laughs> I, I always like those. Yeah. Dong. <laughs> it's like a, a shovel or like a guitar or something. Yeah, just big, El Cabong. Big El Cabong, yeah. Well, Bridget explains to Sam, you dummy, I was trying to get her back to the house where there's more monk's hood because that shit actually works. Oh, but I got this shovel. <laughs> so they load her into the back of Sam's van and they head for the girl's house. Uh, Bridget reveals that her cut is already healed. So Bridget is starting to turn into a werewolf, too. Dun, dun, dun. It, it's a full moon. First one. In the back of the van, Ginger starts vomiting blood and turning completely into a werewolf. Oh, that shit is. Yeah, that, that seems gross. That, was, that was really gross. It just, and it looks like a giant, like a uh, dog fetus or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's, Sorry, it's, I look it's bizarre. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. Well, they get to the house and Ginger goes inside to fill the syringe. When Sam discovers the back door, the van isn't closed all the way. He's been meaning to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> so, so he goes to peek in the window to see if Ginger's still in there. That's when the door bursts open. Ginger leaps out. She's fully werewolf now and goes off running through the house. Oh, man. So this is this is the ginger snapping part. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to completely snap here. Bridget and Sam sneak through the house trying to get to the monk's hood without getting caught by ginger. And of course, you know, you see things streak by behind them in formula horror story fashion. Things banging against the wall right where they are. Lots of jump scares from here on out. <laughs> A lot of uh, flashlight works. Flashlight does not work. Flashlight works again. Yes. Yeah, no. How do I know the flashlight know. works? I shined it in my face. No, you just got to shake it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then when it starts working again, the werewolf's behind you. Yes, always. Always. In the kitchen, the door is completely ripped off the refrigerator for some reason. Sam and Bridget start to make their monk's hood serum. That's when Bridget discovers that she is turning into a werewolf even faster. And they hear Ginger coming, so they hide in the pantry while they work on the serum with, with a spoon and a cigarette lighter on the floor. They fill the syringe, and Sam suggests that, that she should use it on herself, and the two of them just get out of there. Uh, but Bridget won't go for that. So Sam is going to, he wants Bridget to lure Ginger into the living room. And then Sam will sneak up behind her and stab her with the with the syringe. What could go wrong? Everything. Everything goes wrong. <laughs> Everything goes wrong. So Sam tries to sneak out of the pantry 
But as soon as he gets that door open, Ginger snatches him up and attacks. And there's a whole bunch of screaming and crashing. And we don't actually see anything except Bridget fumbling the flashlight in the pantry. Yeah. And then the flashlight goes out and we just get a black screen for like 15 seconds. That was a weird choice, I thought. Yeah. It built suspense with nothing, no sound or anything. So it was hard to be really scared because it, it's just dark and quiet. I was, yeah, I was like, okay, well, when's this big, ugly ass werewolf's going to just jump at my face? They kind of set right. you up for a jump scare and then got the jump scare by never delivering the jump scare. Yeah. When Bridget finally leaves the pantry, the house is completely quiet. And the door and the floor are covered with blood. It's like somebody dipped a mop in blood and then dragged it through the, along the floor. Yeah, like they're painting with blood. Uh, she follows that trail of blood down the stairs into the basement. Uh, then the werewolf virus makes her dizzy and she falls down the steps, dropping the syringe. The syringe falls through the stairs where she can't reach it. But she hears Sam yell, so she goes off to find him. Uh, the trail of blood goes to a hallway where, Gin where Ginger, who is now completely a monster, a big, hulking werewolf. Yeah. A fantastic-looking werewolf. Like, that's the jump scare right there is, like, it's dragged so far along. And then you get that shot where she's just, like, standing over his body in that hallway. Yeah. And you got the silhouette of like his her sister's like shoulder, you know, in the shot. And that's like, oh, okay, well, I gotta fight that now. You know, not and only this thing sister, looks so this thing looks so great that it's hard to believe it's not CGI. Yeah, it 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 does. It's like fucking it's just nasty and ugly looking. It's a man in a costume, and that costume is made so well and moves so well that it it man, it looks great. They they did something where it's like it's not a lot of hair. It's mostly just flesh, and then like yeah, it's a, just gray skin. Yeah, and it's it works so well. It's so refreshing. Yeah, but at the same time, it's gross looking. It's really it's ugh. super gross. Yeah. Well, Sam is still alive and just covered with blood. Bridget approaches very slowly, and Ginger starts growling, and so Bridget. I guess she decides she's going to try to convince Ginger that she is also a werewolf. And so she dips her hands in Sam's blood and then sticks her fingers in her mouth and starts eating Sam's blood. And that yeah. calms Ginger down. And Ginger joins her and starts lapping up Sam's blood. But she can't keep up the act. And Brid Bridget starts gagging. And that enrages Ginger again. She's going to attack. But she doesn't attack Bridget. Instead, she kills Sam. And that allows Bridget to run away. Ginger chases her behind the stairs, but Ginger's too big to follow. Bridget sees the syringe right where she dropped it. And, and she tries to go for it. Ginger lunges at her, but he, she still can't get through the, the, the two-by-fours there. So Bridget grabs the syringe. Then she kicks out the drywall to escape Ginger. She makes it into their bedroom where she uh, kind of locks herself in and she opens up the dresser drawer where she hid the knife that Ginger was using earlier to try to cut off her tail. There's Ginger growling in the dark and she is getting closer. 
Ginger, Bridget rounds a corner and comes face to face with Ginger, and Bridget tries to reason with her. She shows Ginger the syringe and asks her if she wants it. Ginger stalks her into a corner, and Bridget screams that she's not going to die in this room with Ginger. That causes Ginger to lunge at her. She lands on top of Bridget, but Bridget had that knife and stabbed Ginger with it, killing her. Werewolves have crazy fast healing ability unless they get stabbed or hit by a van. <laughs> yeah, right? And the camera pans over their death photos on the wall and sad music plays as there are more photos of Bridget and Ginger together. It turns out Ginger isn't quite dead and Bridget still has the syringe. So Bridget crawls over to Ginger and hugs her and Ginger stops breathing. Fade to black and roll credits. The end. The end. It doesn't end. It just kind of stops. Yeah. But, like I said, there's a sequel, so you get to see more what happens. But this was a well-made werewolf movie. Yeah, especially, like, when it came out. Yeah. Like, I I, I rented it and rented it, like, a couple times and then went out and bought it. I was like, and I hardly ever do that, you know? Right. I usually just rent shit because it's like, ah, man, I'm going to rent this and copy it and then, like, take it back, you know? Right. But, yeah, no, I went out and bought this one. This is good shit. And I recommend the other two, uh, especially the second one. The second one, like this one, it has a lot of psychological shit going on with it. But right. that second one is really is super deep psychologically. And uh, yes, it is. The third one is yeah, it's it's more like a comic book. It, it's it is a comic book, but it's it's really cool. You know, it's a period piece, Canadian fur trappers and werewolves. Yeah, the second one. The second one is a lot deeper story too. It's a richer story. There's more. Well, what the fuck is going on in the second one than there was in this one? Yeah, but yeah, this this, this was one of the best movies we've done on this podcast. We've done eighty one of them now, and this is the only one that's certified fresh. And it's a really good movie. Oh yeah. All right, man. I think that's a podcast. Sweet. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We had a lot of fun making it. Be sure to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you hear us. You can follow CDF Pod on Facebook and Instagram or at CDF underscore pod on Twitter. You can also visit our website at CDFPod.com. And don't forget you can help us make donations to film schools all across the country by going to Patreon.com slash CDFPod. Join us next time as we explore another movie's so awesome it probably shouldn't have been made.